0: Welcome to the RotoRob.com fantasy football weekly plus ATS picks. Each week, your hosts Josh Johnson and Nick Wagner will give you the goods to help you win your fantasy football crown. Talking, hey, cash, talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about.
1: A
2: couple of and look at go. He go. All the way. We will rally around Kurt Warner. And we'll play good
3: football. And the Colts have had a hard time all season covering kicks. It's Hester trying to work it back to the middle. Get past the first wave, and here he goes.
1: It's Hester inside the 30. Hester's gonna take it all the way for a touchdown. And no. night, and I saw the report that all the players in the locker room afterwards were having a good time and joking around, so if the players aren't going to get upset about a loss, I sure am not going to either. How are you doing today, Josh? Uh, I don't
2: know if they had as much fun as those guys in Cleveland did after the the largest comeback in NFL history on the road, but uh, I guess I didn't see the vine from that anyway, so. Um, uh, I'm doing good, I guess. Uh, A couple of moments... uh, uh, be, be the noble one, of course, Bonnie Herrera is going to be joining us, our cinnamon stardom guru. Um, and we also have Mike Krakic from truelovesports.com, of course. True Love is run by our good buddy Mark T. Wilson. Anytime we can get one of his guys on, it's always, always a pleasure to help those guys out over there. Um, a couple of things we're going to talk about today, surprises of week five. Uh, I'll get into Eddie Lacey and how he's rolling. Nick's going to rant about uh, pl- over-usage of player comparisons. Uh, talk about some Cordell Patterson stock. Also, Niall Davis. See how, check in, see how Golden Tate's doing with Megatron Hurt. What on earth is wrong with the Chicago Bears? Uh, DeMarco Murray is effective, but still fumbling. We're going to debate uh, Bobby Rainey versus Doug Martin. Uh, and then, of course, we have a handful of cinnamon starters to talk about. Injury news, ATS picks with Chuck Padaisky, our new uh, ATS guru. So we will uh a whole lot to get to today. Hope, expecting three more people on the show, and probably not all at the same time, but uh should be a lot of fun. So Nick, besides uh, besides your being surprised at how well your Redskins played on Monday night, kind of held their own, I think that was a lot closer than a 10-point game. Uh, what What other surprises did you have from Week 5?
1: Uh, well, I was just surprised how close a lot of the games were. I mean, you throw out the primetime games. Those this year have always been blowouts. And, you know, Denver, Arizona, you had Arizona getting down to the third string quarterback. So that ended up getting ugly towards the end. And, of course, Jets, San Diego, that was ugly. But everything else, every other game, yeah, 10 points was the largest spread. And that was uh, the, the Giants-Atlanta game. Um, and then you look at the primetime games, New England put, winning over Cincinnati, forty three to seventeen. Uh Tom Brady looked really good again, and the biggest surprise in that game for me in the stat line was Shane Vereen had three times as many carries as he did receptions. That number's usually kinda of flip flop there, it seemed a little weird to me. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, I appreciated anything Green got because it helped me helped me win on on uh, Sunday Sunday night. So that's that's for sure. Um, I was a little surprised by the Cowboy D. I I know they didn't play an elite offense, but I you know with, in terms of some of the guys on the Texans offense, I, I you know besides obviously the quarterback Fitzpatrick, you know I really respect uh, DeAndre and Andre at uh, wide receiver, and and uh, Arian Foster did kind of get get them a couple times to some really really bad runs but uh i i was overall surprised that they just kind of they made plays when they needed to and, and kept that thing close and uh gosh a lot pretty big defensive battle that game i was just i was just surprised it was kind of the game i watched watched the most of for uh, for whatever reason but uh i was really surprised by that and i i think they're going to have their hands full up in seattle this week but uh it's nice to see the cowboys defense probably isn't our isn't as bad as everybody thought they were uh, after last year's debacle. Of course, uh, me and Nick gave gave it a go right in the Cinnamon starting article last week in B's absence, and uh, I recommended uh, Garrett Graham, I think had one catch for six yards. So uh, not a a good call on my part. I was just really going to that defense versus that position, and uh, that's why I don't write that article every week, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) uh that's why that's why we have a professional like v do that type of thing it was a lot of fun writing it but uh, i you know it's one thing to write it down it's another thing to take your own advice and i i often don't do that um and i didn't and i guess i didn't start grabbing any leagues but i just i i apologize to the people if, if you did so um what do we think about eddie lacy nick um First couple of weeks, obviously, Seattle was a tough game, and he had the concussion, which probably slowed him the next week too. But what do we think about Eddie Lacy now as opposed to those first couple of weeks? He's looks to be coming around, don't you think?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It it did take him a little while to get going, but, you know, he faced Seattle and the Jets and Detroit. All all those defenses are really stout against the run. Uh, And in those three games, he was dancing a lot behind the line of scrimmage, which was a little bit worrisome. But against Minnesota, he hit the holes hard. and got 13 carries for 105 yards and two touchdowns. And his schedule looks a lot better moving forward. You know, he's not going to lead the NFL in rushing like his coach said he would, but I I think he's going to have a really productive fantasy year. I I hope people were able to buy low on Lacey.
2: I I hope nobody traded him. Honestly, come on, people, just let it let it fly. So what if you're you're two and three or three and two? You got a whole a whole handful of games to get back into the thing. Don't uh, don't get desperate, especially since you wasted a first round pick on this guy. Not wasted, but used a first round pick, I should say. Um, yeah, I was. I just think right now he's he's in a good spot. It's good that he got those tough games out of the way. Of course, they do have to play Detroit again. Uh, but their their schedule isn't isn't as strong the rest of the way, so I look for Eddie Lacey to to be a very very effective player moving forward. Uh, now each and every week,
1: and I and give... also that that Detroit game is uh, in week seventeen, so that's going to be fantasy irrelevant in most leagues.
2: Well, there you go. Uh, each and every week, I give my co-host Nick the floor to kind of rant about something that's bothering him. Um, Usually it's football rated, Sometimes it's not, but that's okay. Um, today he's going to rant about something that I am honestly the biggest, probably, perpetrator of this. Um, something that I always do. It's something kind of that I pride myself on. But because me and Nick are uh, mature adults, I am going to respect his voice. So, yeah. <laughs> Give it to me, Nick. <laughs> I didn't mean to scare you or anybody out there listening. Like, Give it to me.
1: Well, so this wasn't directed towards you at all, but anyway, Sunday I was really excited because my Twitter feed was just blowing up about San Diego running back Brandon Oliver. You know, he's the new Darren Sproles. He's just like Sproles. Everybody was saying it, except, you know, I watched the film, and he really isn't. Yeah, I mean, they're both short and wear number 43, but they're very different players, and I'm not hating on Oliver. You know, I watched him. I watched the film. I I liked him. He ran with a lot of authority. He didn't dance around in the backfield. He took what the defense gave him, and then. And some, uh, you know, personally, I don't know why they would play Donald Brown ahead of him when Brown is healthy again, except the money that Donald's making. But, uh, you know, I just don't see why we have to compare players incessantly. You know, Oliver, he likes Sproles, except that he's two inches taller, and he's listed at 20 pounds heavier. I'd say he looks more like 30 pounds or more heavier, thick running back, but I'm not an expert on weight. But, you know, he's not near as fast as Sproles. He's quick, but he's not there, and scrolls quick. You know, some, sometimes comparisons can be relevant. Uh, the one that pops to mind immediately for me is Blake Bortles is a lot like ben, ben Roethlisberger. They're both big, strong, uh, good-armed quarterbacks from small schools that have good mobility for big quarterbacks, et cetera. But, you know, one comparison that's always made me laugh a little bit is I think in the preseason, every team that has a white receiver, receiver gets compared to Wes Welker. Hmm, wonder why. For the Redskins, it was Nick Williams. And I'm sure there's a lot of that that goes on. Uh, and, of course, especially in college games, Anytime there's a shifty running back that makes a few players miss, oh, he's just like Barry Sanders. No, no, no. <laughs> Barry was one of a kind. Not every small, quick running back is Barry Sanders. Just stop with those comparisons. And, you know, Johnny Manziel is like Russell Wilson. No, no. Uh, you know, just just because Kirk Cousins is terrible and puts up decent stats and wears number eight doesn't mean he's Mark Brunel. <laughs> you know, they're very different quarterbacks. Like, you know, I've done I've done the comparisons before too. You know, but you know, and some of them are valid, but I just think that they're overused in in, in in football coverage.
2: Well, like I said, I pride myself on that, but I hear what you're saying, man. I did compare. I made the Sproles-Oliver comparison in our Royal show, which was posted last night. But it was more just because of the number, and I thought that he could have a Sproles-like impact. I'm not saying he is Darren Sproles, just so we're clearing that up. Um, interesting note, uh, Darren Sproles is, is a running back, yes but he's not really a running running back, if that makes sense. Oliver is, and I think that's going to be the big difference. I mean, Oliver has pl- played in three games, and he already has a 100-yard rushing game. Darren Sproles has 200-yard rushing games in his career, and he hasn't had one since 2008, which which was in a blowout loss to Denver. So it, it it's not uh, really – they're not really the same player. Um, but you know and Nick and maybe you can maybe you can back me up on this, maybe I can simmer you down on this a little bit if I'd say I'm more in tune to uh uh in uh, comparing a player now to a p- player of past history, you know like like I said in our preseason stuff that I thought Brandon Coleman was kind of a Harold Carmichael type of player. I know that's a really arcane reference, especially since Brandon Coleman is not even in the n f l right now but uh, I, that's kind of more of the comparisons I'd like to make. What do you think about that in terms of – I'm not just saying, oh, this guy's a white, so he's Jordy Nelson or Wes Welker since he's a receiver. But I, I like to compare the older guys. What, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I, I do like the the historical comparisons better than the modern-day ones. As long as, you know, like I said, it's not comparing somebody to, like, the greatest ever play the position like a Barry Sanders.
2: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's only there's only one Barry Sanders. That's that's for sure. You know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, for some reason, I was thinking about my grand aunt Aunt Nora there, and I think there's only one of her too. But anyway, that's a different subject. Um, I you know, and I think it's okay. Maybe Nick to uh, like I said in the Travis Benjamin right up in the wire troll kind of a, a kind of a mixture of three different players. You know, he brings in brings in elements of three different players. I'm not saying he's good or better than all those guys, but he's just kind of you see uh, see aspects of that in his game. I think with the Bra- Travis Travis Benjamin I brought up uh Antonio Brown, Cordell Patterson and um Darren Sprouls again. Uh what, what do you think about that? <laughs>
1: It, yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's nice comparing different elements of of a player's th- what they can bring to the field or or you know like you said before you know saying so and so could have a like you said Oliver could have a Sproles type of impact that's not saying he is Darren Sproles like he's a clone of Sproul's. He's just saying that the the numbers and the impact that he could have on the game could be similar that th- those comparisons I think are are more valid too.
2: We are in it deep already. I love it. Um, well, Nick, what? I tried and I tried and I even I even drafted this guy in Steam League. I don't know why, but I told people week one, week two, again I reminded everybody to trade Cordello Patterson. Now after a two catches for eight yard performance, it's gonna be pretty hard to slip that by some other owners who are looking to compare him, uh looking to trade for him. What what are you are looking at trade possibilities say what do you what do you think about Cordello Patterson? Well, Will he get more involved when when Bridgewater comes back healthy, or, or is, is he is he just going to have these fluke weeks where he goes off and then kind of disappears again for a while?
1: Yeah, it, it's tough to say. You know, first off, he left uh, last week's game a little bit early with a hip injury. It's not thought to be serious, but the lack of usage has to be troubling for Patterson owners. You know, his season high interceptions is four. Uh, the last two two weeks he's had two catches in each game. And I do think getting Teddy Bridgewater back should help some, but, you know, I, I wouldn't want to start him at all. You know, he just doesn't seem to be adjusting to North Turner's scheme there. But he did have a slow start last year, too, and maybe he's just uh, one of those guys that takes a few months to grasp a new system. You know, he had to learn a new offense for the second year in a row. Uh, so there's a chance he could tear it up again in December like he did last year, but he, he's definitely not a guy you want to be starting right now.
2: Yeah, I think he maybe could have played quarterback the other night and had about the same results. But uh, yeah, you know, I think that was more of them just really treating him as as a guy that was kind of raw last year, and they kind of brought him along slowly. You know, he had like you know eighty percent of his production in the last eight games for the Vikings. Um, and I'm hoping he can he can turn things around. I don't have anything against the guy. I Put him on a bus list, and I just just. Because that's how I honestly feel about him this year. I just felt like he's going way too high. You know, this guy was going in like rounds two to five, and I just I can't imagine taking him there. Um, I took him in round six in the league that I had him in, so I thought that was spot on. But right now, I'm 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 in this decision in this league, Nick, where it's my my wide receivers are Keenan Allen and Antonio Brown, which you guys are almost automatically almost just must start players in my mind, and then I have Patterson and Pierre Garcon. So I have it's like Garcon or Patterson every week. That's the decision I'm forced to make. Um, you know, and fortunately the eleven catches for a hundred and thirty eight yard game or whatever that was for Garçon was on my bench and I played Patterson. One point and then zero points. Now I feel like I should keep him in there because Garcon has got your uh and your Washington Redskins are playing the Cardinals this week That's a pretty good secondary. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one, especially if you got Patrick Peterson matched up on him. Uh, you know, the thing with the Redskins is they have two really solid receivers, so it's tough to say which guy. If if, if they're playing a defense where the corner tails the number one receiver, which guy is going to are they going to choose to tail? Uh, it's, it's 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 a tough matchup because I mean, you know, the Seattle matchup looked horrible, and yeah, Garcon didn't do much, but then you had Deshaun Jackson just explode for like 150 yards and a score, so it 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 the Redskins offense is definitely a tough one to read in fantasy terms. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Speaking of that Monday night game, I don't think I've ever seen three (laughs) touchdowns called back for one player in one game. Uh, As a Percy Harvin dynasty owner, I was just like, really? Uh, Wow. But anyway, I'm glad that's a point and not a head-to-head thing, because that would have been more frustrating in, uh, in that respect. And I would like to point out that I did mention Andre Roberts' name a few weeks ago as a potential player that could come through. And he's scored a couple touchdowns the last few weeks for the Washington Redskins. So every now and then I get something right. How about that? Uh, We are now joined um, by Mike Krasik of truelovesports.com. Mike, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Josh. How's it going today, bud? Not bad. How are you? Good. We are doing good. In it deep. Um, And just in case people out there – are wondering and 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 I just because I haven't mentioned it, we forgot to mention last week that Dennis Allen got fired on the podcast. And I and I say that because I'm a Raiders fan, and I I just I guess I'm over it. Whatever the, se- the season is all but lost, so <laughs> here we are. You Raiders fans know we've been in this position before, so we're gonna move forward and I guess see what happens. Super Bowl 2021 is what I'm shooting for right now. Um, Mike is from TrueLoveSports.com. Of course, True Love is run by our good buddy, Mark T. Wilson. Anybody under Mark T. Wilson's wing, is uh, we consider a friend of ours, Mike. So thank you so much for joining us.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. And and on your Raiders, you're not hopeful for this year since they did go through that act of burying the football? You don't think that's going to turn the season around? Uh,
2: I appreciate the creativity involved in that, but uh, yeah... Some I did see on Twitter that somebody said that was Tony so Tony Soprano being Tony Soprano, uh, but uh so I got to chuckle out of that. But uh, I'm still hoping hoping they can win six games. Maybe that's maybe that's the the better in me that bet on that. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Mike, uh, why don't you tell us what you guys got going over at True Love Fantasy Y?
4: Sure. I actually recently wrote an article on the fantasy stock market, so looking at buying low, selling high, who who are some good values right now, and who are some guys that just really aren't going to turn it around and, and you may just want to go ahead and sell low on. So I, I wrote that, and a couple of the guys that I talked about in the buy low section went out and had great weeks, Demarius Thomas being one of them. And then coming into week five, he had only 13 catches and one touchdown. Um, so we all know what he did in week five against the uh, Cardinals. He just went out and had a great game.
2: Yeah, yeah. Could, certainly a good call there. If anybody was, was dumb enough to trade him this early, I'm sorry. But yeah, you, well, Peyton Manny. Is your quarterback, and you're the number one receiver on the team. You know, you know things are going to come around. So yeah, I I, I hope people took your advice and traded for him. And if you traded him, people, I am very sorry. Um, well, I was a little surprised last week when I saw the, uh, the NFL stat, saw that Niall Davis was in the top ten. I think maybe top, yeah, maybe he was number five in rushing yards. Obviously, with Jamal Charles missing some time, he kind of became the man there for a short time, but. And was awesome Monday night against the New England Patriots, but uh kind of disappeared. Only two carries for six yards against San Francisco. What do we what do we think about Niall Davis kinda of going forward, Mike? His role obviously he's he's a backup, but you know, looking at that Monday night game against the Pats, you're saying this guy's a this guy is maybe their R B two, but he could be an R B two on my fantasy team too, after what he did to the Patriots. What what do we think about him after the six yards against San Francisco?
4: Well, I think the San Francisco matchup was a tough matchup. Uh, they, San Francisco does have a good run defense, not as good as in you know the past couple of years, but they're still a tough matchup to run on. Um, I, I think now, Davis, if you have him on your team, I, I'm holding on to him. Unless I can get something uh, of real value from the Jamal Charles owner, I, I might look to move him then. But I'm probably going to wait till he has a better game. I don't think his value is too high coming off of that game last week.
2: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I like I like the point. Maybe maybe knock on the Charles owner's door and see what he, see what he's got for you, Nick. What do you think about Niall Davis going forward?
1: Well, yeah, like you mentioned in week five, only two carries for six yards against that tough San Francisco run defense. And I, I just feel like he shouldn't be started when Jamal Charles is healthy, but he is arguably the top handcuff in fantasy football. He has great upside in the event of a Jamal Charles' injury. I, I really think that 100-yard performance in week four against New England when Charles was also playing is more of a mirage. I don't think that's a good indicator of his normal production. But, yeah, I wouldn't start him, but definitely got a guy worth having on your roster
2: yeah most definitely um you know charles has, has had those health issues so yeah he's certainly a, a, a rosterable that's no, not a word more ro more yeah a worthy player to have in your roster i was trying to get colors there sorry uh mike what do we think about golden tape been amazing the last couple weeks obviously that's with megatron hurting um It'd be interesting to see how he would do with Megatron not playing at all, not you know he's been kind of the decoy the last couple of weeks. Uh, what do we think Golden Tate can do? I mean, obviously Megatron needs to be on the field. We think to be for him to be that effective. Uh, what do we think about Golden Tate, Mike?
4: I love what Golden Tate's been doing. I think he's got great hands. He's a good receiver. I, I really see him as a solid number two fantasy receiver going forward. I, I think even within that offense, even when Calvin's healthy, he's still going to draw coverage, or he, he's he's not going to see the coverage that he would if he was the number one, so he'll still have opportunity to put up good production. I, I really like him going forward. I have him on several teams, and it would take a really good offer to part with Golden Tate right now.
2: Yeah, especially a uh, uh, Nice, nice in PPR leagues with the number of catches he's got in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Nick, what do you think about Golden Tate?
1: Uh Yeah, I'm really high on him right now. You know, you look at his last two games, uh, week four against the Jets, eight catches for 116 yards, and then last week against Buffalo, seven catches, 134 yards and a touchdown. And his schedule looks pretty good upcoming, too. His next three games going against Minnesota, New Orleans, and Atlanta. I, I'll admit I wasn't as high on the preseason as some other people were on Golden Tate, and I was wrong, definitely. He's a must-start guy as long as Calvin Johnson's dinged up. You, and you know Matt Stafford loves to air it out, and if – if uh, Megatron's hurt, really, who else does he have to throw to other than uh, Golden Tate and the rookie Ebron?
2: Yeah, uh, with uh, with Joy Bell out too, um, that's certainly going to help uh, Tate. I think that's kind of the the underscore to that whole situation is they have you know another weapon essentially out, kind of their kind of their between the tackles weapon, but another weapon is, certainly that's out. So that's certainly a, been a big a big difference there. Um, Mike, what do we what do we think about the Chicago Bears? What on earth is happening right now? Blew another another lead on the road. Um, I I just can't figure it out. I I know the turnovers are costly, but you, you can't blame it all on Cutler, can we?
4: No, I don't think it's all Cutler's fault. I, I think this offense just hasn't really found its rhythm yet. If you look at the success that the Bears had last year, it was throwing the ball down the field, really stretching the field. And if you look at who Cutler's targeting right now, it's Martellus Bennett and Matt Forte. So they're they're really not taking those shots down the field to open things up. Um, I do believe in, in the Bears' offense. I believe in Jay Cutler and, and in their head coach to turn this around. So I, I'm not really all that worried. I know I'm I'm heavily invested in the Bears' uh, offensive players in several leagues. Uh, Brandon Marshall I think is you know he's getting healthier so once you have a full complement of uh weapons on the offensive side I think you'll start to see some of what we got a glimpse of last year
2: Yeah you know for once it's not uh Cutler injuries that have been have been slowing this team down um it's it's been Marshall and you know he's still the top weapon on that offense in terms of passing I believe I'm not 100% that certainly does affect the rest of this team. Obviously, uh, we're seeing some more good things out of uh, Elshon Jeffrey and and Martel's been is actually having a better year than I, I thought he would. Um, so yeah, this team has weapons. I, I maybe maybe this secondary is to be up. I mean, Carolina doesn't have a great passing attack, and yeah, it was just a weird game. And speaking of that game, I I don't know if either of you guys saw the. Uh, the first score of that game it was a it was a punt return for a touchdown by Carolina. What happened is uh, the Billy Brown, uh, the air, their punt returner went to went to catch the ball and got just drilled before the ball even got there. So of course a flag came out. The punt returner gets up, kind of throws his hands up in the air like where is the flag? All of a sudden the ball pops out of the, of a pile. Philly Brown picks it up and runs 80 yards for a touchdown, basically untouched. Uh, It it was a weird play. It didn't even seem like it should have been legal, but he did not call for for a fair catch. Therefore, the ball was still alive, and it was ultimately a touchdown. Chicago recovered and scored three straight touchdowns after that, but just a weird play, certainly something I've never seen in any any kind of football game before. Uh, Nick, what's wrong with Chicago Bears?
1: Well, I, I think uh, basically the Bears, to quote Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. You know, they've got Matt Forte, and he's awesome. Uh, Jay Cutler puts up the numbers, but he's also kind of turnover prone. Uh, and I think the Brandon Marshall injury really has affected this offense big time. He had three touchdowns in week two, but then over the last three games, he's only got six catches for 69 yards and one score. Uh, their defense can't stop anybody, but we kind of knew that going into the year. You know, I think that if Brandon Marshall gets healthy and the other skilled physicians all stay healthy, I think. I think the Bears could make a playoff push just by outscoring opponents the way they uh, did last year, but I, I, th- I think they've got less margin for error than a lot of the other contenders in the NFC.
2: Yeah, they uh, certainly kind of behind the eight ball. Unfortunately, they need to uh, they need they need to start winning, and they can't they can't, they can't afford to lose those leads because um, especially with uh, Green Bay coming around the way they are. Um, another team with a lot of fantasy weapons. But yeah, it's 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 not not a good situation there. They have time, but you you wonder you wonder how how much they can do to, to turn it around. Um Jamarco Murray, he's effective. He's, I think he's still leading the league in rushing, but he's still fumbling. What's going on?
4: Mike? Yeah, I think um what you have a fumble in four out of five games? Um, and they seem to all come early on in the first quarter. So I'm not so worried about the fumbling issues. If he was on the Patriots, I'd be really concerned uh, about him putting the ball on the ground. But I think he's such a huge part of what they want to do offensively. That's not really the threat to uh, DeMarco Murray. What I am concerned about is the uh, amount of touches that he's on pace for. With his injury history, uh, he's never played 16 games. I just don't know how long he can hold up on, under this level of touches and getting the ball and getting hit so often. So I think the fumbling issues will have less to do with them um, taking some carries and some touches away from him. I think it's more about just preserving him for the full season.
2: Yeah, the f- the fumbles are worrisome. Um, you you bring a good point. Unfortunately for Dallas, he's. The reason they are where they are right now because he has been been so effective. But uh might be time to look at his backups proactively. But I'm, we're not calling for an injury. But uh, he, Mike brings up a very valid point that he's just never been never been healthy. This guy could be, you know, an elite, you know, like a top-five fantasy pick if he was to, you know, play a couple straight 16-game seasons. But he just hasn't been able to get that going. Nick, are you concerned about the DeMarco Murray fumbling or – just hope he fumbles it a bunch against the Redskins.
1: <laughs> well, I definitely enjoy watching Cowboys fumble the ball. Like Mike mentioned, he's got a fumble in four out of five games, but he also has 25 or more touches every game and 100 yards rushing every game. I think because of uh, Tom Coughlin and Bill Belichick, we tend to overreact to fumbles. You know, they used to be an, accept- an accepted part of the game. You know, you look at historically, Eric Dickerson fumbled the ball 78 times, Walter Payton 86. Tony Dorsett and Franco Harris each had 90 fumbles. The current leader in fumbles at the running back position, Frank Gore, with only 34. So I just think, it's, you know, DeMarco Murray's one of those, he's playing like an old-school throwback running back, and sometimes those guys fumble the ball a little bit. You know, we, uh, we now we tend to just, you know, crucify a guy just for having one fumble as an analyst. And I think as long as they're not happening at key moments in the game, it's not a big deal. You know, as long as he's producing – the way he has been, I think they're going to accept one fumble. especially like Mike said early on in the game is when they've been tending to happen. They're not at key moments late in the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah. You know, people banged down Romo last year, sticking with the Cowboys here for, uh, for, uh, all the interceptions he threw last year. He threw nine interceptions last year and, uh, yeah so I mean, I mean, yeah he had a bad for week one this this year, but he's he's certainly coming around just threw a couple at a really bad time, so it was unfortunately uh you know over kinda i mind numbing that those one really bad especially that bad one against the uh, excuse me against uh Denver last year, sorry rain fart, yeah Eric Dickerson, speaking of Eric Dickerson, I'm glad Nick went a little historical on us he's the first four years of his career he fumbled at least 10 times rookie year 13 second year 14 the third year 10 and the fourth year 12 i mean he would not last two years that bill belichick offense that's for sure um so i guess the moral of the story is demarco murray is going to keep doing what he's doing but don't uh don't uh invest a truckload of money into this guy because he he could break or uh or whatnot. We we just, we know, we know the history there. So I guess we're not concerned about the fumbling as long as it's as long as I, I guess, are you guys in league? Nick, Mike, are you in leagues where you get docked two points for fumble?
4: Yeah. And and it's only for fumbles lost and, and every fumble he's yeah. had has been a turnover. So I'm, I'm thinking, even if he does keep putting the ball on the ground, they're bound to be recovered by his own team or go out of bounds. So, I I think even if he does continue to put the ball on the ground, they're bound to bounce Dallas' way. So unless you're penalized for just fumbles, period, not fumbles, lost, I I, I don't really see this almost-won-a-game trend continuing. Okay, yeah.
2: Okay, well, I mentioned that Vani is going to come around, and we always like to do do something special for Vani when he comes on because he's he's the man. It's a sit-him-and-start-him guru. Gonna patch him through right here as soon as I can find his intro music. And well, I guess we'll go with this one. Uh Von A Hareri, Rotorob Cinnamon's and Guru And this is what I live for.
0: Everything I've been through, all I had to get to And this is what I'm live for. And now I can see this with my whole life of mistakes. This is what I live for. And everything I've been through, all I had to hit. And this is what I'm been for.
2: And now I can see this
0: with my whole life of linked bar. God bless me with a blow and so sudden they should crawl before you go. What is up, my friend? Ah, uh, yes. That's the beats intro music. What's going on, fellas?
2: Oh, Vani, I had another intro loaded up for you just before the show, but I put it in a really stupid spot, so maybe we'll play it later. Uh, how's it going, bud? It's been a while.
0: Yeah, it's going good, it's going good. I almost forgot the number, but we're uh, back in the building <laughs> and talking football.
2: Okay, uh, if you don't know Vani, Vani, like I said, is our sit stardom guru. Uh, speaking of that, his article is now going to be up on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays, so look for the podcast pre uh, podcast breakdown of this very same podcast tonight on Roll rob and then check out Bonnie's cinnamon stardom column tomorrow so make sure you check that out for pushing moving some things around just for the betterment of of you people we want to we want you to to, to get the, the best that we can it's all made for you uh bonnie we uh been through a lot already today we're in pretty deep but why don't we start with uh bonnie start with you here what do you think about bobby Rainey versus Doug Martin
0: the rest of the way. Uh, I, I mean, I, I prefer rainy. Um, I, I, I it's a style of running for me. For me personally, I like really efficient runners. I like runners that run to their body type. Um, whereas you, you have people like, uh, for instance, um, uh, Matt Forte and like your uh, uh, Fred Jacksons and things of that nature. People who are a little bit more slender, but powerful, who are a little bit more dynamic. I like big backs running well, like big backs, which is why I have a, a well documented uh issue with uh Richardson. because uh, I feel like he runs contrary to what his body type is and what his strength is. So I I I'm I'm a fan of efficient, uh one cut runners, powerful runners, particularly ones that are effective in the red zone. So um I like Rainey in that particular um uh, uh going forward, uh me personally. Okay.
2: Mike, what do you think about Bobby Rainey versus Doug Martin the rest of the way?
4: I'm going to disagree there, I, and, and I don't know I, how long – I'm going to stick with this Doug Martin call, but I just – after seeing what he did his rookie year, um, he, he is an impressive running back, and I, I still believe that he is the most talented back on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and, and I think that the coaches still see it that way, and he will continue to get more touches. Rainey will still be involved. I just see him as more of a change of pace, third down back. Um so still uh, still buying on Doug Martin, on him in a couple of leagues, and uh, I, I think he will be the better back
0: going forward.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think they feel like that allegiance to Martin. But, you know, after three games Martin's played, he's got 94 yards. Bobby Rainey's uh, all five. He's got 220 yards and a couple touchdowns. Rainey also has 16 receptions for another 130. Obviously, that's you know him him starting a couple of those games over Martin. Um, you know, I've been well documented on this podcast saying that you know once Martin like he did suffer that catastrophic injury last year, th- those running backs just don't come back with that same gusto. You know, once they're hurt, they're broken and it opens their bodies up to more things. So I, I, I guess that means I'm going I'm going Bobby Rainey here, even though Martin is the starter and I own him in a league, uh, you know, even last week Martin was the starter, got the majority of the carries. Rainey got the touchdown. So I mean we can see we can breed into that what we will, but uh um and I know Nick's gonna be interested that Bobby Rainey is five eight and he also wears number forty three, so he's gotta be the next Darren Scrolls, right
1: Nick? <laughs> <laughs> oh of course. You know, first off, I want to say, if I was Lovey Smith, Bobby Rainey would be my guy. I'm, I'm not a big Doug Martin fan. Uh, you just take away the two huge games he had his rookie year, and he's pretty much done nothing to, but be an average player. But that being said, in fantasy, I have to go with Doug Martin. You know, he's got 14 carries each of the last two weeks, while Bobby Rainey has 10 total carries over that span. I, I think the coaches there are just uh, they're going to ride Martin until or unless he gets hurt. I think you got to say Doug Martin the top fantasy option right now in the Tampa Bay backfield.
2: Yeah, he 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 is their starter until further notice and we are we are split I guess it looks like on that. Um so I guess Doug Martin is 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 the, is the is the the starter there. Is he Wonder now, is he the best running back in the NFL in the state of Florida? I guess only Lamar Miller comes into that conversation. I guess we'll talk about no Sean when we get to injury news, but uh, we'll see. Uh, don't drop Bobby Rainey, though, guys. That's what I want. Don't drop Bobby Rainey. Just because when Martin gets hurt again, it could happen. Uh, sit him or start him. Of course, like I said, V's article will be up on Road to Rob tomorrow. I don't know who you're writing about, V, but we're going to go over some anyway here. Uh, are we gonna start, Mike? We'll start with you. Are we gonna start any Oakland Raiders this week versus San Diego?
4: Not unless I have to. Um, I mean, if I have James Jones as a third receiver in a PPR league, I, I, I might roll them out there. But uh, I, I just I do not feel good about any Raiders this year, this week, um, unless I'm forced to. I am. Uh, I don't even want to own any of the Raiders, let alone start them but uh if it's a deep enough league then uh I, I might be forced to you might- yeah, you
2: might have to um what about Janikowski, Mike? come on he he's good for a couple of <laughs> yards right at least attempts um uh, v what do you think any any raiders any raiders you're rolling with this week?
0: I'm sitting them all down every single one of them again unless unless you have to, and you just don't have any other choice i mean uh you know. Phillip Rivers in, in the offense is, is pretty dynamic over there at the Chargers, but their defense has been really, really, really solid. And I didn't think it would be. Um, so they've been they've been pretty solid all the way down the line. Um, the Raiders have shown nothing from any real player that 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 you can depend on them. I just feel like there's better options. I feel like there's better options on the waiver wire still um, uh, uh, than most at most positions than than a lot of the Raiders starters. So I got to sit down on the Raiders.
2: Okay, yeah, it's, it's a tough call for me, too. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not really that tough. Who am I kidding?
0: Uh, <laughs> they, they maybe, be maybe,
2: maybe Janikowski. Maybe Janikowski only because we get if – if in our league, if our kicker kicks a 40-yard field goal, he gets four points. If he kicks a 50-yard field goal or or beyond, he gets five points. So maybe Janikowski, but uh, I think I'll stick with uh V's boy, Dan Carpenter, probably for this week anyway. But I will say this. The Raiders have scored some points in garbage time, people. So somebody's going to score a touchdown for this team today
1: or next week. So we'll see. Nick, what do you think? uh yeah i mean maybe james jones but you look at san diego they're ranked number one against wide receivers in fantasy so that'd be a tough start and maybe uh run dmc there in your flex but i'd prefer to just sit everybody and maybe even just yeah like like uh I, I i wouldn't even want him on my roster really like i believe oh <laughs> <thing. laughs> uh, yeah well
2: that's that's as much as much as we need to talk about the raiders um and frankly, if I didn't like their, if I wasn't a Rangers fan, we probably would never talk about them on this podcast. So that's that's how fantasy relevant they are. Um, Nick, let's start with you. What do we think about Steven Jackson versus Chicago Bears? Now this game is in Atlanta, so maybe maybe Atlanta will wake up and win one since they're finally back back home. Nick, what do you think?
1: Well, you look at Steven Jackson and he has yet to eclipse sixty yards in a game this year and he only has two touchdowns so far. But he does have double digit carries in every game, so and the Bears are giving up over four yards per carry. So I think with Jackson, you start him if you think he finds the end zone. I think he does this week, so I would start him against Chicago.
2: Yeah, I unfortunately have to start him in one league, so the uh, I'm I'm praying he gets he finds the end zone again. And, yeah, don't even ask me why it happened. Well, somebody dropped him. That's why I have in this week. But, uh, Mike, what do we think about Steven Jackson?
4: Uh, I think Steven Jackson is Michael Turner 2.0. Uh, he's going to fall into the end zone a handful of times uh, for this Atlanta offense. I, I just I have a real hard time figuring out when that's going to be. Now, the Bears' run defense isn't very good, so I, I could see uh, a high probability for a touchdown in this game. But uh, maybe as a, a flex I am gonna roll them out there, but I really hope that I have two better running backs on my team that I don't have to start him. Okay. Um,
2: and since you were in the in the camp, uh Doug Martin camp, Mike, I gotta ask. I have this this standard league I have, I got Steven Jackson, just picked up Brandon Oliver, and I have Jamal Charles and Doug Martin. Would you get so Charles is on the bye, Mike, and I'm thinking of starting Steven over Doug Martin. What do you think?
4: Starting Steven Jackson over Doug Martin? Yes. Uh, Who does does Tampa Bay play this week, refresh my memory?
2: Uh, Baltimore.
4: Yeah, I'd probably go with Jackson there. I think with uh, Martin sharing carries. I mean, as much as I said I'd prefer him over Rainey, I I just think that Jackson's more likely to score a touchdown. I also think that this uh, matchup with Atlanta and Chicago is going to be a high-scoring game. So yeah. I, I think that Jackson's the better play there.
2: Yeah, I agree with you there, Nick. What do you or excuse me, V? What do you think about Stephen
0: Jackson? Uh, well, it's a coin toss. I mean, you know, he's like like Nick pointed out, he hasn't been running great. He hasn't in some time. I mean, I, I I think he's pretty much hit that cliff. That said, he is a big back. He is a good third down option, and he does still have a burst um, where he can break outside of the twenty and get you a, um, get you some decent yards that way if he does have one of those type of games. Um, Chicago's middle of the pack in terms of, you know, defense against the run. So it's more of a coin toss. So, again, if you don't have a better option, then I would do that. If you, I would play the matchup on that. In your case, like you said, well, like a Doug Martin-Rainey is probably going to get the uh, red zone carries anyway. So that would be – if I had a situation like that, then I might go with a, um, a Jackson. I would prefer to have him in a flex situation if I couldn't pick up – if I couldn't – if I didn't have a – Brandon Cooks or somebody like that sitting on my bench or something along those lines, and I would, I guess, I would go with Jackson, but I wouldn't be terribly excited about it. Okay.
2: And uh, the, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I do kind of consider you our, our running back whisperer here too. You, you, you always have the really good knowledge on a running backs, and I, and I appreciate that. And, and, and I bring that up because he, he was at my, he was at my house drinking Hennessy with me when I was doing my auction draft. He's like, you got to get Fred Jackson. You're gonna get him for a dollar or two. He's going to produce every single week. Took him that night. I took him the next night in my keeper league. Been in my lineup ever since. Even even when he has a bad week, it's like eight, nine points. And I, if I can guarantee that out of a guy, I, I love it. Fred Jackson,
1: 32 years old,
2: still going strong. I love it.
0: So, so thanks. Well, for and, that's, and that's uh, kind of my point on the running back thing. When you take somebody like, you know, uh, C.J. Spiller is supposed to be the premier back. C.J. Spiller starts every game. C.J. Spiller is supposed to get more touches every game. He usually does. He's just not as dynamic. And when it gets down to the get down, when it gets into the red zone, when it gets to the hard yards, when it gets to those situations, you know, those are the things you got you gotta trust Fred with. So you can either say, Hey, I'm gonna get that huge play out of C J and and bank on that, or you can bank on, you know, steady eddies. And and I'm 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 more old school in that regard, so I like to bank on the guys that are gonna get the hard yards and they're gonna get that four four plus yards to carry, you know.
2: And can I get a names don't win games from you?
0: That's correct. Names do not win games, so you got to go with the guys. All right.
2: All right. Uh, a couple. Another little existential one here for Sudamon Stardom. V, we'll start with you. Anybody? Are you starting to anybody in Jack in this Jacksonville at Tennessee game? Just pick one player. Let's let's keep the kickers out of the equation.
0: Ah uh, well. Okay, if you're taking away kickers. <laughs> 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 um, man, no, because I, I you know, um honestly, the 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 person I think That'll probably have a surprise decent game is is actually Bortles. Blake Bortles to me. Um I think he'll have a better game than what people anticipate even though he's going to get to a pretty solid defense. That said, I would never I, I just don't I just can't really imagine a situation where that would be a, a QB option that I would have to ever make. If you're in that position, you're in trouble to begin with. So, um, I can't really think of anybody that I would I would start. I think he's going to have a surprise game, but I would never have the guts to pull the trigger on him versus the quarterbacks I have. Okay, uh,
2: yeah, and uh, like you said, with Bortles, just just Drew Brees and Alex Smith on a bye this week. So I think there's not not too many people looking for quarterbacks. Obviously, Drew Brees owners are, but uh, there's probably better better options out there. You know, like maybe even. Maybe even Brian Hoyer, kind of like Brian Hoyer right now. Uh, He
4: might be peaking, but I like him.
2: Uh, Mike, what do you think? Anybody in this Jacksonville-Tennessee game?
4: Uh, Yeah, actually, Kendall Wright um, had a good game last week, had some chemistry with Jake Locker and with Whitehurst. Uh, They were able to move the ball really well in the first half. Their defense just sort of gave up on them uh, and let the Browns come back in that game. Um, and and then if you're desperate, I I really do. Anybody that follows me on Twitter knows that I'm a a Justin Hunter believer that I think that he could be a good, you know, third receiver in a league and I could see him catching another deep ball and getting into the end zone. So I would prefer to start Kendall Wright, but, uh, I could also see rolling Justin Hunter out there. Okay. Jacksonville is really bad on defense, uh, as well as offense.
2: Yeah, I like I like Justin Hunter. I just need some consistency before I can trust him. Uh, Nick, Nick, what do you think?
1: Well, starting on the Jacksonville side of the ball, you look at uh, the receivers Marquise Lee and Cecil Shorts are both questionable. I think if both of those guys miss the game, then you could look at uh, Hearns and Robinson as decent options in deeper leagues. But if all four receivers play, I think they basically cancel each other out, and I would probably sit every Jaguar. But, you know, I would definitely start Kendall Wright and uh, Delaney Walker at tight end is a decent option there at ten for Tennessee and, you know, possibly Justin Hunter, but I'm kind of if more iffy on that. I definitely would also prefer Kendall Wright. And, you know, one of these weeks, Bishop Sankey has to break out, doesn't he? I think this could be as, uh, as likely a week as any for him to have his career game so far as a pro. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'd like to see what Bishop Senke can do with 15 carries in a game. I don't know if he's got to that point yet. He maybe had 13 and one. But uh, even even in garbage time, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see what he can do. Um, somebody drafted him way too high. Yeah, I would love to see what he can do. Um, I, I, was, I was hoping nobody would say Delaney Walker. But, yeah, that's the guy I would start. He's the guy that I wanted to give no credit. Uh, this preseason and my, well, my tight end rankings are messed up the way it is, but uh, he didn't even make my top 20. I thought that he was more of a blocking, blocking player than anything. And he's, he's really proven me wrong. And then I, he's had a couple of really big games, one run really awesome, one against Dallas. And uh, I think uh, he's, he's got to be the number one fantasy player on Tennessee and so probably in this game too. Um, I also wrote about Storm Johnson and our wire troll um i don't I wouldn't say start him, but I just want to remind people in case we don't get to it later. he's probably worth a worth a stash if you have a roster spot because Toby Gerhardt is not going
4: anywhere that's for sure um
2: I'll start with this one uh Carlos Hyde at St louis now uh you know we've talked about a, a handful of running backs and their backups already so. Kind of a running back heavy show, but um, Carlos had 30% of the snaps so far for the 49ers. Does have has found the end zone? I believe at least once. Um, obviously, if if Frank Gore were to go down, he'd be a huge a huge waiver claim that week. Um, Jamal Charles on a bye, You know, if you, if you're trusting any of those New Orleans running backs to play them every week, you, obviously hyde Hyde is a, a player that you could play and probably get the same type of production out of him. I don't think he's to score two touchdowns like Pierre Thomas did last week, but I like hyde um it's, it's a toss up but you know it it is it is saint louis and they they are pretty decent against the run uh, but he, especially in standard leagues if you if you're kind of if you kind of have to have to play him, I would feel comfortable playing him'cause i could he's one of those guys even if he only sees about four or five touches I can see him. Scoring a touchdown, I can see them preserving Frank Gore late, late in the game, or, or in a goal line situation. So I I I would feel comfortable playing, but probably only in standard leagues. Uh, v, what do you think about Carlos Hyde?
0: Yeah, that would probably, that would probably be a tip for me. Just just because my methodology behind it, and I, and I'm probably a Debbie Downer on a lot of these guys, is just because, like I always say, you know, it's not who you get, it's not who you draft, it's who you got the guts to start. And I just wouldn't have the guts to start it. My thing is is that when I lose, the one that I can't stand, the pit in my stomach, the thing that makes me sit, not sleep at night is when I play a guy that's not the guy that I'm a little bit iffy about, and they give me absolutely nothing. And I just needed three points or four points to win. And so I like going with a guy that I know is, is you know, has a pretty good chance of giving me the least reasonable amount of points. Maybe not when I need to blow it open, but when I need to make sure that everybody on my team contributes and I don't see any zeros or one or two-pointers and for him it's just a little too much risk for me. I I think there would probably be better options out there, but um, it's one of those things if you have to, you have to. But I I just don't think at this stage in the year there hasn't been enough running back injuries that you would have to.
2: Okay. uh, Mike, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Carlos hides a high upside play here. So he's got a a real low floor. He could be not involved in the game plan at all. But uh, I'm actually – I have – I'm using Carlos Hyde this week as Zach Stacey insurance in, in a couple of leagues that I own both players. So I, right now I'm rolling with Stacy and hoping he plays. But if he doesn't, if it comes down to a, a late inactive, I can throw Carlos Hyde in there. Uh, but other than that, I, I'm not excited about trying to get him into my lineup because I, I could see it, you know, being five carries for 40 yards is really all he gets,
0: so.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you bring up a good point. You know, it's it's nice to know that there could be a serviceable option um, if you have somebody that is hurt. You have somebody, you know, to to back you up on uh, on on Monday night if you have that. You know, if you have a guy that has to has to, you know, not not play in the game or whatnot. So, Nick, what do you think about Carlos Hyde?
1: Well, you mentioned that if uh, Frank Gore were to get hurt, he would be a top waiver claim that week. I don't see why he would be unclaimed right now. I think if he's available in your league, you should definitely go and pick him up. He's one of the top handcuffs, again, in the, in the NFL. Uh, but I would not start him as long as Frank Gore is healthy. I just don't think you can count on him getting enough carries week in and week out. I I, I would not start him this week or any week until or unless Frank Gore got hurt, got hurt.
2: Okay. Well, interestingly enough, he does have 10 carries in each of the last two games. So, uh, like, I, I do like Mike's idea, though, kind of as a, an insurance policy for Monday night, sex Stacy being questionable, you know. Anybody Anybody else, any of your running backs hurt and find him available, he's certainly a nice, a nice weapon to have certainly this week. Uh, Mike, what do you think about DeMarco Murray? And obviously we've talked about him already today, but... Uh, He's going into uh, into the gauntlet up there in Seattle. Can you, in good faith, play this guy?
4: Uh, how can you not? I mean, I, I just think it would be insane of me to not put him in my starting lineup. Yeah, Seattle's a tough matchup. Yeah, you know, that's a tough place to play. But, one, like I already said, he's the, the centerpiece of the Cowboys offense. So he's going to be involved in the running game and the passing game. He's going to get his touches. And um two, I mean I, I could just I couldn't I couldn't see not putting the best running back in fantasy right now in my starting lineup. I couldn't see having two or three better options on my team that I would rather play than than Murray.
2: Yeah, that's a very good point. If you have Murray, you probably don't have uh, better options. You probably didn't take running backs with your next few picks. So uh V what do you think?
0: Yeah, uh, you, you, you got it. Tom. I mean, the thing about it is, first of all, you know, the key to to Seattle's defense is is that they fat, they're fast and they and they hit well. Well, you're not going to be faster than they are. That's just not going to happen. But they they do have some issues at times with physical teams, teams that hit back, teams that break tackles. And Demarshel Murray is a pretty physical runner. He is probably going to put the, the ball down on the ground and let people know that's probably going to happen right out of the gate. But he's a physical runner, and at the end of the day. Even though the Dallas Cowboys do some inexplicable things in terms of their game planning, the defense has been better than the advertised. They've been far more balanced than, than they have been in the past. And I can't think that any mind, any coordinator in the NFL thinks that you're going to have a better chance of winning by having Tony Romo throwing the ball 30-plus times. I cannot believe that anybody would think that that's what you're going to do. you got to bring down his passes. you got to run the ball. you got to be physical. I see DeMarco Murray getting plenty of touches. A lot of action, and he usually does pretty well with them. So I think not only is he a starter, I actually think he's a good stuff.
2: Okay, uh, Nick, what do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, like you guys mentioned, if you have him, you're probably not—you'd probably don't have better options. The only way I would sit him really is if say you drafted running backs with each of your top three picks, and they've got good matchups this week. You know, if you're completely loaded at the position, yeah. You know, I I don't expect him to get a hundred yards this week like he has each, in every game this season. So, you know, I I wouldn't hesitate to fit him if I was loaded at the position. But you know, don't be like starting somebody like Carlos Hyde over him or anything like that.
2: Okay, yeah, it's 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 a tough call. I I, I want to get I want to you want to you want to get creative. You can you can bench him, but I think you gotta. You got to start your studs, you know, and, and I brought that up because we, we pound that home sometimes in this podcast, but early on, it just seems like you don't want to start anybody at Seattle, but uh, Murray might be, might be the exception. He might be one of the top top five guys that you can, in good faith, play there. Uh, last one, Nick, let's start with you. Ronnie Hillman at NYJ. What do you think?
1: Well, I think this one all depends on uh, your uh, individual situation. You know, if you're replacing Monty Ball with him, then I would go ahead and start him, but I wouldn't bench anybody for him. I would rather wait and see how the C.J. Anderson-Hillman split plays out. I know Anderson was inactive last week, but I I don't know if they view Hillman as an every-down-back yet. I think we'll have to just wait and see. Like, personally, I'm in a league where I signed him and uh, Oliver from San Diego, and as long as Donald Brown... Is out this week. I will definitely be starting Oliver over Hillman, for example. Okay, Uh,
2: Mike, what do you think?
1: Yeah,
4: I think um, I I completely agree with that. It really depends on what your situation is. If I can avoid the Denver running backs this week, I'm going to. the The Jets are a really tough matchup, despite what they did last week. I I think it's really going to be really tough to run on that uh, defensive line. So, uh, unless I had to, like, for example, I'm in a 16-team league where I'm starting Hillman as a flex this week. Uh, it's a PPR league. So, I'm hoping to get some production out of him this week in that spot. But other than that, if I can avoid this whole uh, backfield until it sorts itself out a little more, uh, that's what I'm <laughs> going to do. I'm going to stay away.
2: Yeah, I do I do like Hillman kind of in that PPR format, especially, like you said, in the flex. uh V, what do you think?
0: Yeah, he would be more of a flex for me. Um, actually, I Actually, uh, I'm actually not super scared of Denver running backs in this situation, certainly for two reasons. And normally I wouldn't do this, but I don't normally try to get into the psyche of the opposing team. But just given the fact that um, normally people respond like the Patriots responded, things of that nature, they have the type of elk, they have the type of uh, stature to do that. I just don't see the – I think Rex Ryan's voice is, is – is He's falling on deaf ears now. I don't think he can rally these guys to come back, so I do think they're going to have some carryover from last week. I feel like he's in lame duck coaching that way. The other thing, too, is, is with that hybrid defense, I think they're going to be so preoccupied with stopping Peyton Manning. You don't get to see him a whole lot. It's a big deal. You know he's going to be throwing the ball around the yard. And in that hybrid Rex Ryan, Mike Patton style defense, one of the things that you do is you pull the ends off the line so that they can fall back with the coverage, hoping to give a different look, maybe have somebody jump into some picks on those crossing routes for people like Wes Welker and things of that nature. But what that's going to do is that's going to leave the flats open a little bit more. The corners are not as good as they have been in the past. I think that's going to leave a lot of room for some receptions and maybe some traps and counters and things of that nature. So I do see those guys being able to have a decent pick. It will be more of a flex for me, but I think they're going to be, be able to do better than what people might imagine.
2: Okay, uh, Mike, you said you're in a 16-team league. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so, how, is that like a one one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, tight end, flex type of thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, just just out of curiosity, I've never been in the team a league with that many. I've been in a 14-team. So like, who was who did you take in the last round of that draft?
4: Remember? Uh it was actually a, it was an auction. Um auction. so the oh. last player I grabbed at the end of my bench was Isaiah Crowell. Uh okay. and I think I got him for a, um, yeah, a dollar. Yeah, yeah, and it ended up working out. You know, I started him last week hoping for some production despite the fact that Ben Tate was coming back. Now I'm not dropping Crowell. Uh I still think that one, I don't believe in Ben Tate, and two from what uh he showed early in the season, I I still think he's a better running back than Terrence West. Uh but but I don't feel good about starting him, so I'm gonna start helming over him this week.
2: Yeah, and it's not a not a matter of if Ben Tate gets hurt. It's one Ben Tate, Tate get hurt, uh Crowell should uh certainly see an up an uptick there in carries. So Mike, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Again it's Mike Krafik. Am I saying your last name right?
4: Ah, it's Krafik, but close.
2: Graphic. Okay, I'm sorry, Mike. Graphic of TrueLoveSports.com. Keep up the good work over there, Mike, and we'll certainly have you again, back on again sometime.
4: Hi, right, man. Thanks for having me on.
2: Okay. okay. Too many screens in my face. Uh, injury news. Is there anybody out there that we are concerned about? Um, Nick, what do you think? Um, I heard Carson Palmer was throwing the football around. i got to get to my injury news clip. So hold on one second. got to do this the right way.
0: There we go. Got to beat up. Just a All
2: right, injury news. Nick, what do you think? What do you got for us? Anybody concerned about out there?
1: Well, you mentioned Carson Palmer and – He was throwing last week, too, and then ended up not playing. Hopefully, he's able to return this week against the Redskins because I think he adds a new element to that Arizona team, especially when you... When you look at the fact that Drew Stanton got injured last week, if they are forced to roll with Logan Thomas for an extended period of time, that could really affect the Cardinals' chances of making the playoffs this year. Um, And then, you know, we brought up the two Jaguars receivers that are questionable earlier. Um, And, of course, Donald Brown, his concussion in San Diego is one to definitely keep an eye on, both for his
0: value and the value of Oliver behind him.
2: Okay. V, anybody you're concerned about out there?
0: Uh, well, for me, um, uh, obviously being a Buffalo guy, Kyle Williams, he looks like he's going to be um, able to play this week, but I'm still a little bit uh, worried about that. Nigel Bradham as well, um, uh, uh, our, our linebacker there. Those guys I'm a little bit worried about. You know, our defense needs to be obviously on point. We had a really nasty injury with Brooks, so hopefully he's going to be okay. Had a nasty neck injury. They said he's responding well, so hopefully he ends up being Okay. And uh, we also had Cersei go down for the Bills. And so those are things I'm ner- nervous about because the nickel package and things of that nature are going to be really important when you're going up against that, you know, that double tight uh, set and uh, when you got to deal with Gronkowski and things of that nature. But overall, um, it looks like most of those guys are going to be back. So that's what I'm keeping an eye on right now, and hopefully uh, uh, Brooks comes back okay.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, we mentioned earlier Monte Ball out probably four weeks. That's what they're saying right now. Uh, Ryan Matthews is beginning to, uh, to come around, I think, and, uh, no Sean Marino was at practice yesterday, still had a, still had some kind of a sling or cast on the arm, sure, sure. but, uh, he's getting close to returning to, um, I, I, as a Michael Floyd owner, I hope Carson Palmer comes back with
1: the bench uh, so we'll
2: see him that deep ball. I'm having a little trouble keeping him in my lineup every week I have, but, uh, I don't, I don't like what he did last week with the one catch for seven, seven yards. Wasn't, wasn't too impressive. Uh, I was back rating the wire troll this week. Uh, Recommended Austin Davis, even though they're playing the San Francisco 49ers. The guy is just throwing for 300 yards every single game. When he gets the chance, he's doing it. I'm not saying he's going to do that again, but he, he's got this offense clicking like nobody thought was going to happen once Sam Bradford went down. So I like this, and he's got the vote of confidence from Jeff Fisher already, so I really like that. Um, talk a little bit about Storm Johnson. I think he's certainly worth worth a look, worth a stash, worth taking a flyer on. Because, yeah, there's not, not much going on running back-wise there in Jacksonville. I think if Storm has the chance, like I said, to Sankey to get, you know, 12, 15 carries a game, we can see some good things out of him. Um, don't know if he was fully healthy at the start of the year. Um, if he maybe was, he probably would have been a little bit more involved, but I would certainly like him. Um, Travis Benjamin scored a couple touchdowns last week for Cleveland. Uh, this, is a, this is a team that's searching for offensive weapons, and they seem to have a lot of them, and it seems to be frustrating to play anybody on this offense, because uh, you don't know who's going to go off in a certain week, but uh, I like Benjamin. I think he's certainly certainly worth a look. Um, obviously, Brandon Oliver, Andre Williams are some of the big names out there. Um, uh, v, any, anybody that you claim this week worth noting?
0: Uh, no, not at yeah, i got to be honest with you. I, I mean, uh, I really drafted all my teams for depth this year, which has always been an issue for me. Every year I get snake bitten by Adrian Peterson for whatever reason that may be. Um, <laughs> let me let me put it to you like this: one of my teams, I had uh, just a monster team. We're talking Peyton Manning at quarterback. We're talking Demarco Murray, uh, Calvin Johnson, uh, uh, Adrian Peterson. Just, a, it's just I was just supposed to steamroll everybody, <laughs> and per usual, Adrian Peterson does something to mess me up there. Calvin Johnson, listen, like he might be, might be sitting down. Um, so I, I've always been snake bitten by injuries for whatever reason. So I think a lot for on depth. So um, so I was be able to stay off the waiver wire. I'm in pretty deep leagues, and we've been there for about you know ten years for, for a lot of these leagues. So we don't trade much. You know, guys just don't really help out other guys on leagues, so we don't <laughs> trade much. And the waiver wire is pretty thin, so um, I have to draft a depth. So I haven't picked up anybody too great lately.
2: Okay,
1: Nick, what do, you, what do you got? Anybody you claim this week? Uh, well, you briefly mentioned uh, Andre Williams there for the Giants. I think he's a great pick this week, especially with uh, Rashad Jennings there being dinged up with a uh, sprained knee. Uh, the matchup this week too, uh, with the Giants playing against the Eagles, I think uh, Andre Williams is a great uh, sign and play right away type of type of fantasy player.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I and I know it sounds like Jennings is definitely out for this week and probably next week right now. So, um certainly something to look at, but oh, yeah, Andre Williams he can play. He can he can rush the football again another one of these rookies when he get we'll see we'll see what we're really going to see what he can do when he he's probably going to get 15 to 20 carries. So, we're really going to see what uh he can do uh this week and like you said the Eagles are not 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 strong at all. So, that's that's for sure. That defense is is not very good. I and mean, of course, that's the Sunday night matchup. Um, <laughs> every seems like all those NFC rivalry games are always on Sunday or Monday night. So uh, yeah, it'd be an interesting game there. Um, I also wrote about Jason Morrow. Now, this I try really hard, kind of made it as my mission statement at the beginning of the year with the wire troll to not name obvious players every single week. And obviously, there's some people that you need to touch on, some people that you that we know people want our opinion on. But there, I br- bring up Jason Marl because he's got 14 receptions. That's you know top 20 for tight ends right now, in terms of receptions. Hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but he's got eight of those receptions in the last two games. I don't know. You know, it seems weird to recommend a jet at this point after, especially what happened last week. But uh, I I feel like he's he's going to be the next guy next guy to find the end zone, next rookie to find the end zone, and, and start to start to find his niche in that offense and with. If Decker comes back healthy, he could really see some good open looks. So I, I, I like Jason Marlow. I've liked him, you know, since the draft. And I don't love the offensive situation there, but uh, maybe Michael Vick can get that game and uh, hit a hit him hit a bunch of time. So certainly uh, not a guy that you're going to sign and start, but a, uh, a a player worth worth claiming and 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 putting on your roster if, if you have the spot. So. Uh, Chuck Badaisky is gonna be joining us momentarily to go with uh to do our ATS portion of the show. V, can you stick around for that?
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
2: Okay, uh just send him a message. Let's see, when me
0: calls it in here?
2: Um, there he is. Just like that. Chuck, are you there? Hey
3: guys, how's it going?
2: Good, Chuck. Uh, we have our Cinnamon Stardom guru, Vani, joining us today for the ATS portion of the show. So we got Nick and Vani and Josh online, kind of a, a four-headed monster going forward for the rest of the show today. Uh, Chuck, not, not so our good. What a uh, AT, our what guru? Our Cinnamon Stardom guru.
3: Oh, okay, good. I, can I ask a fantasy question?
2: Sure, go for it.
3: <laughs> uh, this week, uh, tight end... Dwayne Allen or – and I'm hurting at tight ends. Dwayne Allen or Niles
2: Paul? There you go, V. What do you got
0: for us? Um, I like Allen and Atlas. Um, I, I think it's just a little bit more dynamic. I think you've got a better opportunity to actually have something happen with that to get some points. So that's who I will go with. I will yeah, take that under
2: advisement. Yeah, Allen. I think doesn't Allen have like three or four touchdowns already this year? They they look to him in the red zone. He's kind of a, a beast down there. I like that pick, Nick. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think Allen's a safer bet to score a touchdown. I think uh, Niles Paul probably has a higher floor. You know, he's pretty much safe safe bet he gets at least forty yards. Whereas Dwayne Allen's more touchdown dependent. I think, but I think I still would go with Allen.
2: Okay, is it a, is it a standard league or a PPR league, Chuck? PPR half point.
3: Ten teams. Okay. Okay. And there isn't really much yeah. on the waiver wire either. I, I look at the waiver wire for tight ends every week, and it's just dry. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah if think, it was I a full, full Alan... point, I might feel different, but at a half a point, I I, I, I still go with Way Allen. He's got four touchdowns this year, so. Yeah. um Full point, I, I might feel differently a little bit, but a half a point, I think you still go with Allen. Okay.
3: Yeah, I don't know if well, you guys feel the same way I do about Thursday games, but I just hate playing Thursday games because if you have a bad
2: if you have a bad
3: Thursday, oh, you're in the hole
2: starting the weekend. Yeah, you got to look at it for for two whole days. You just had to look at that score. I know. I know. How you're going. <laughs> yeah, you do. Okay. Thankfully, sorry. I got to play Aaron Rodgers last last week, so that was nice. Um, well, but I got yeah, to play Eddie Lacy too. Oh, there you go. Those Thursday games can be troublesome. So let's get to the Thursday game. Uh, oops, we have uh, Indianapolis visiting Houston, and my uh, sorry, my computer just blew up there for a second. Two and a half points. Houston's getting two and a half points at home. Chuck, what you got for us? Uh, I
3: again, this is a Thursday night game. They're like crapshoots, but I like to go with the team that didn't have the more physical game the week before remember uh that Thursday night when the uh when the Giants came in and just beat the heck out of Washington and the Redskins that Sunday had had a really really physical emotional game against the uh Eagles I mean there was you know bad blood there was fights there was uh, a lot of big hitting and it, and 4 days is just not enough time to recover from games like those I see a similar game, although not as emotional, but a similar game that Indianapolis played uh, on Sunday against Baltimore and the Texans. Even though, even though they they lost and it was a close game, I, I it wasn't as hard hitting. I'm going to take the Texans uh, plus two and a half on uh, on Thursday night.
2: Yeah, it is only two and a half points and. I I don't know. I feel like Andrew Luck is kind of a man on mission. So if you know if it was if it was a field goal, I'd think I would definitely take a, a different stance. But I got, I'm going to go with the Colts here. I'm going to go with the Colts. Not not just to disagree with Chuck, but just because that's how it, um And I was ten and five last week. So
1: Chuck, <laughs> what Chuck was I I didn't week? keep track.
2: Oh, uh, I didn't think he did very good. But Nick was ten, uh, nine and six. So there we go. You are welcome any week on the podcast, Chuck. Just that's the moral of the story.
3: Uh V, what do you <laughs> Well, think? I I got to remind people it's really hard to pick games, you know, this is close to, you know, my you know, I didn't do much better on on uh, my best bets were only 2 and 3 this week. So, it was a bad week for me.
2: Yeah, it's hard to pick them on Wednesday, but it it's fun. We can and we can talk about how the line moves and stuff. Uh V, what do you think about this game?
0: Well, I'm one of those uh, crazy football fans that believes in stuff like the Baton curse and things of that nature. So um, I, I seems that there's a Thursday f- football blowout thing happening. And so I'm going to go with that. And I'm actually going to take the Colts with a bullet. I just feel like um, with Houston, I mean, going against the defense with J.J. Watt, he's a black hole, and it's just it's just terrifying. That said, on the flip side, I just think with Fitz, he just has a limited um, throw range. Uh, I, I think if they get after him, they're going to be able to get some turnovers. And I just don't think you want Andrew Luck having extra touches. He's got a lot of weapons. He's spreading out the ball really well. Um, so I'm going with uh, I'm going with Indianapolis. Uh, pulling away, actually.
1: Okay, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I also have to take the Colts. And so just Andrew Luck, he's playing like a top-five elite quarterback this season. Uh, and like we mentioned, so many weapons on that side of the ball. I just don't think Houston has – they have a good defense but not good enough to contain everybody. I think Houston – or the Colts win this by at least a touchdown.
2: Okay. Okay, okay. let's see here. A little surprised by this, and maybe, maybe Chuck can tell me how it's moving here. But Carolina at Cincinnati. Cincinnati, minus seven and a half at home. Seems like too many points. So I'm going to go Carolina before Chuck does his field. Chuck, what do you got, Mark?
3: <laughs> the Bengals and the Panthers were going out of order on my sheet here, so I had to look down the, uh, down the sheet. The line has not moved at all. It started on Monday at seven. It's now the Bengals uh, minus seven. I think everybody's counting on a big bounce back on the Bengals. And the Panthers, while they used to have a a terrific defense, uh, they, for some reason, don't anymore. I'm going to go ahead and and lay the seven with the Bengals at
2: home here. Okay. Nick, what do you think?
1: Uh, Are we doing seven or seven and a half on this one?
2: Seven and a half. Yeah,
1: at seven and a half. I hate that hook. That hook's going to make me go Carolina. I think the Bengals win this game by a touchdown, but no more.
2: Okay. Yeah, I I hear what he's saying with the bounce back. Definitely people are caught on that. And I wanted to say one thing about Thursday night games before I forget. I think the closest margin of victory so far on Thursday nights is 20 points. So, uh, uh, hopefully we can see a little bit closer game this week. Um, V, what do you think about this game?
0: Um, I I like – I like the Bengals at home. You know, um, I, I like them at home. I, I think they're more contender than pretender, and um, I think they will actually uh, bounce back. Their defense is solid. I, I, I feel good about
2: them. Okay, um, Nick, we'll start with you here. Uh, Denver at the Jets. Excuse me, at the Jets. Uh, the, the number is Jets plus seven and a half. Got that hook on there after the touchdown. What do you think, Nick?
1: Oh, I'm taking the Broncos all the way. The Jets just, you know, I know they're playing at home as opposed to last week when they got shut out 31-0 at San Diego. But only 7.5. I would go Denver at, at, at plus 10, I think. Gotta go with the Broncos.
2: Okay. Chuck, what do you think? Strange
3: thing about this. You know that you, you've all heard the thing about the uh, West Coast teams going east to play uh to play an early morning game, and that hasn't really held up the last couple of years. It used to be good as gold, but the Broncos are one of those teams that are especially affected by this, and also it's their, if I'm not mistaken, it's their first venture out east to play an early game. Uh, strange things will probably happen here. I'm going to take the Jets. I have uh, The number I have here is eight, but I'll take them plus seven and a half also. They're going to scratch okay. and claw their way somehow and keep this one close. I have no idea why. I just think
2: they are. Okay. Well, V happens to love the Jets. No, I'm
0: just kidding, buddy. What, what, do, you got?
2: what do you got for us? <laughs>
0: no, I hate them a lot. But um, <laughs> but here's what I will say. Um, I do think it will end up being closer than what it is because I do think Denver will be more effective running or at least passing out of the backfield. So I don't think it will quite um, be a, a, a pinball score like people might think. I do think they can cover. I do think they'll. I, I, so, I'm, so I am going to take Denver. I do think it will be far closer than what people think it. It might be a little bit dicey. So this is probably the one I have the most anxiety about. But um, I, I, you know, I'm going with Denver and, and Peyton. I trust.
2: Yeah, Peyton Manning. I think it's five touchdowns away from tying Brett Favre. Does he, he get wants it this that week? Bad. Yeah, I don't know if he'll do it this week, but I think he'll 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 want to make a nice push to get there. Yeah, I, I'll take. I'll lay those points and take Denver too. Okay. Um, v we have you haven't started uh Pittsburgh. Plus excuse me, Cleveland. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Cleveland is minus two and a half at home, is that what I'm looking
0: at here? Let's see.
2: Yeah, Cleveland is the favorite in this game. Just two and a half points. What do you what do you think, V?
0: Oh, um, these are these games I would I, first of all I would stay away from games like this like the plague. I, I just would never <laughs> I just could never do um, rivalry games, especially super physical rivalry games and uh uh, you know, the Northeast rivalry games. But um I, I'm I'm actually I actually would I actually would go Cleveland on this one. Um honestly. Uh I, I think they're gonna get after them. I think it's gonna be one of those games, the coin flip type game, but my gut is just going with Cleveland. I feel like the energy G is just right when you win a game like that. I think you're coming in from good and um I think they're sick of being a little brother. So, um, I think uh, I, I'm going to Cleveland.
2: Yeah, I I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I heard a stat this morning on Dan Patrick. Big Ben is 18 and one against the Cleveland Browns in his career. Picked um, up the best winning percentage of any quarterback versus one opponent in 15 starts. I think is what they said. So uh, I got to take the Steelers. Steelers underdog, we know the public loves the Steelers, so there's that this money that's this line could definitely move, but
0: uh
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. Nick uh Chuck, what do you think? Is this line gonna move?
3: Well it started at one, it went up to one and a half, so just a little bit of action on the Browns so far. Is that what you're showing is one and a half?
2: I had two and a half, Cleveland minus two and a half.
3: Cleveland minus two and a half.
2: Wow. Okay.
3: Um you know what? I, I I looked at all these yesterday and picked them, and I'm going to have to stick with what I picked, although I like that statistic that you uh, you had on the Steelers. Uh, there's some mojo going in Cleveland, and I think the Browns will, will end up pulling it out.
2: Okay, Nick, what do you think?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to go with Pittsburgh on this one. You know, we talked about uh, Cincinnati having a bounce-back game after their loss last week. I think Cleveland, after having the big come-from-behind victory last week, could have a letdown game this weekend. And,
0: yeah, so i got to go with the Steelers.
2: Interesting matchup since they uh, had that weird month, week one game. For first teams to play each other again. But,
0: uh,
2: yeah, I think Pittsburgh Pittsburgh knows how to play this team. I think they handle them. Uh I'll start here, I guess. Detroit at Minnesota. Number is Minnesota plus two and a half. Just saw that Teddy is expected to play Calvin Johnson. We don't know. I I, I gotta go Minnesota. They're gonna home team dog. If this line moves at all towards towards Detroit's direction, I think I think I'm still going Minnesota. Minnesota plus two and a half. I'm gonna take it. Nick, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Minnesota's a lot better team at home. We saw them uh, beat Atlanta at home a couple of weeks ago. And Detroit, they're, they they kind of look like a mess right now, and especially with all the injury concerns. There's just too many question marks there with the lion for me to take them. So uh, I'll go with the the home dogs like it. All
2: right, Chuck, what do you think? Well, I have a weird
3: discrepancy on the line here because I had two and a half. The Vikings favored by two and a half. And this morning in the paper, Detroit was favored by one and a half. But if I'm getting two and a half with the Vikings, I I think the Vikings are going to win the game outright. So it doesn't matter how many points I get. So let's go with the Vikings.
0: Okay.
3: V,
2: what do you think?
0: I'm actually going to buff the trend, and I'm going with the, Ly- the Lions because, well, I know they're pissed. <laughs> as a Bills fan. So they're agitated right now, um, the whole Jim Swartz situation and all of that. So I know they're going to want to punch somebody in the mouth, and who better than their rivals in the Vikings. Not to mention that defensive line is is a monster. And them uh, those guys motivated going against the type of quarterback situation you're looking at um, with, uh, with Minnesota, and I just have to think they're going to terrorize them. So I'm going with the Lions on this one. Uh, and uh, I, th- I think they'll actually win by a bit. Okay.
2: Um, okay, guess that was 3-1 to one there. Uh, Baltimore at Tampa. Not necessarily a who cares game. I don't have a lot of feelings about this one, but the number I'm looking at right now is Tampa Bay plus 3.5. Home team, dog. Uh, I still got to go Baltimore. I think Baltimore is just the better team at this point. And I don't like the three and a half hook, but I'm going to go Baltimore. Chuck, what do you think?
3: Buccaneers have shown me something in the past few weeks. Uh, First of all, going into Pittsburgh and beating the Steelers with that comeback, and then uh, actually just going toe to toe with the Saints, who had that huge home field advantage. Um, Line started out Monday with the Buccaneers favored by, excuse me, with the Ravens favored by one and a half. It's now three uh, Ravens. Uh, You have them at three and a half. Um, I like to go against the public. Uh, Buccaneers are going to find a way to win
2: this. Okay, yeah, I, I don't. I guess I'm not sure how Baltimore is on the road. And then they're obviously not terrible, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't mind that pick. It's just it's a it's a weird one. I I like I like it more. Um, you know, if it, it went up a little bit, but yeah, it,
1: it's it's a weird one.
2: Like coin flip, I just think Baltimore is probably the better team, and they'll, they'll show it. Nick, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I also got to go with Baltimore. You know, Chuck brought up the fact that Tampa Bay's looked, uh held their own against teams like the Saints and the Steelers, but I don't think either the Saints or Steelers are as good as we maybe expected them to be going into the year. So I, I, I think the Ravens can take care of business down there in Tampa.
2: All right, V, what do you think?
0: Uh, this is one of those ones I, I, just, I wouldn't really like to touch on that one, but I, I, eh, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay on this one as well. I, I think I think they were supposed to be a better team. I think they are a better team. I think it was just a lot of changeover. It's just taking a little bit of time to get the flow, and uh, so I think they they will be able to uh, produce. But they're going to have to put Flacco on the ground a lot. So I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay. Fingers crossed. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one there. We're definitely. Uh, now last week Tennessee and Cleveland was our Who Cares game of the week. I want to make this one again. The who cares game a week? But I would like to point out that that game was pretty entertaining to watch last week as Cleveland had that big comeback. But uh, Jacksonville at Tennessee. Oh, I'm yawning just because it sounds so boring. But uh, Tennessee and a half. If Jacksonville's going to get one win this season on the road, it's got to be this game. This is an opportunity for them. I think they seize it. I think they win this game. And if not, definitely lose by a field goal. Chuck, what do you think?
3: <laughs> this is one game I had no, I had nobody circled on. I thought, well, I'll just make my my uh, decision on the fly. <laughs> I'm going to. I I think the Jaguars are a team that just has that will to get a win, and they see a chance for a win here. And I'm going to take the Jags for no other reason than. Uh, for no reason. Just the Jags. Because
2: <laughs> you want to pick them once this year. So there you go. Um, Nick, what do you think? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I think Tennessee is not good enough team to be favored by six and a half points over anybody, even if they are at home. So I'm going to go with Jacksonville.
2: All right, V, you going to make it a clean sweep for the underdog Jaguars?
0: Straight up. I'm going with the and ja- hey, I feel good about that. I think Blade Borders is going to have – um, a pretty decent pretty decent game. I, I think he's getting the rhythm down. He doesn't have the weapons, which is unfortunate. Um, but but I, I don't know. I just like the kid, and I feel good about it. And Tennessee just seems kind of all over the place right now. So I, I feel good about this pick. I don't even feel weird about it.
2: Yeah, Tennessee's got to be emotionally drained after what happened to them on Sunday, too. So, you know, the contributing factor there. Uh, Baltimore, excuse me, we already did Baltimore. Green Bay. At Miami, uh, V, why don't you start us out minus three excuse, plus plus three-and-a-half the Dolphins are at home, so that would make the Green Bay the, the, the favorite. What do you got for us?
0: Um, well, uh, per usual, Hill will be running for his life. Lamar Miller will come up flat, and uh, so I'm going with uh, Green Bay with a bullet. That's a no-brainer for me. And I need Miami to lose, so.
2: Yeah, yeah, not a – Miami, you'd like to think they maybe did something coming off in of the bye week, but Green Bay is rolling right now. So I like that play too. Green Bay minus three and a half. Chuck, what do you got? Um, I've got
3: the Dolphins. Uh, I think they're going to do it somehow. Uh, the Packers just looked so awesome in their last game that uh, the line is going to be tilted in their favor. Um this is one of those where, you know, everybody thinks, how in the world can the Dolphins stay close? Well, the Packers have had some clunkers this year. you got to keep that in mind, and I think the Dolphins can do it. Plus, uh, what was your number there? Three and a half. Yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah, I'll take the Dolphins plus the the field goal on the hook.
1: Okay. Um, just in case
2: anybody was interested, I was looking at Jacksonville's rest of their schedule. I know we're a game ahead of that already, but they do have Cleveland in Miami at home. Those those are maybe winnable games. Um and we gotta play Tennessee again. That a, oh that's a Thursday night game. Ugh. But anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
2: that's probably about it. There's not a I thought they I thought they maybe had Oakland on the schedule and they can get it, get themselves a win there. Could be a long year there for Blake Boros, but hopefully he can learn from it. Uh New England V your turn to start uh, I think we started last time too, but New England at three and a half or excuse me at Buffalo Buffalo plus three and a half at home. Another stat that I heard this morning in that same conversation: Tom Brady, twenty-two and two lifetime versus your Buffalo Bills. What do you got for us, V?
0: Well, this is one where my bias is too strong. No one should listen to me whatsoever. But I am uh, taking the Bills absolutely. And, and, and you know, the Patriots. They, they you know, though these games actually are t- typically pretty close, and usually it, it, it usually comes down to Tom Brady. Stabbing us in the heart by doing some two-minute drill nonsense at the end of the game. So there is that, but I, I definitely think the way that our defense is playing right now, and the lack of weapons that paint or uh, excuse me, that uh, Tom Brady has, and particularly when you can get him out of the pocket, if we can do that, um, and without having Logan making, that's been a whole lot easier than it has been in the past. I definitely think the Buffalo Bills have a great chance to be able to to beat them. It's just a matter of Gronkowski. to never do a real great job of covering him, so. If they can uh, keep him at bay, I definitely think the Bills have a great chance to win this, and they know that this is probably their their best chance to beat them. So, I'm going with the Bills. Okay, Nick. Nick,
2: did I skip you on the Miami
1: game? Uh, yep. Yeah, I would go with Green Bay in that one. I just think Packers are hitting their stride um, at the right time now, and I I, I definitely would take the Packers. As far as the New England Buffalo game, it's a game I probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't want to actually touch if I was betting, but I would. Uh, I'll probably take uh, probably take this, uh, New England just because that stat that you mentioned how good Tom Brady is historically against Buffalo
2: yeah it's a, it's a it's a hard call I don't like the three and a half maybe maybe Chuck can tell us that the number is going down a little bit but I'll, I'll take New England minus three and a half too sorry what do you got for us Chuck
3: well you know the number is going to do nothing but go up after the way the uh, Patriots looked last last week um and this is weird, but I'm going to give you all sorts of. The Patriots have had, like, the, the the team you saw on Monday night wasn't the team that they really are. But I still think that they have enough to beat the Bills. I, I you know, I'm picking the Patriots only just because I can't bring myself to pick the to pick the Bills. And I think that uh, you know, a new quarterback comes in. And the first game when he comes in, the defense hasn't you know doesn't really know how he operates in that offense. The Patriots have had now have had a week to look at uh at tape or whatever you call it video these days digital video on uh, on Kyle Orton. I think they'll figure out a way to to knock him off his game and i and i'll and I'll take the Patriots I had him plus three or I had minus three but uh, i'm I'm gonna have to give up the hook here and uh, and i'll uh I'll say that they're good at minus three and a half.
2: Yeah, it's 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 going to be a tough game. These division games, you just you just don't know. You just don't know. I it's
1: it's
2: I don't like 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 you said. I don't like the hook either. But I, yeah, it's a rough one. Um, I hope I hope Fred Jackson has a big game. That's on. That's all I'm really hoping for because I'm certainly not going to touch this one. Oh, do we need to talk about San Diego at Oakland? I suppose we can. The number is 7.5. I'm i a little surprised it's even that low. So i I, I got to take San Diego minus 7.5 on the road, put a hurting on the Raiders. Even though, I will say, it does seem like every now and then, just when you think San Diego should roll over a team, they don't. They are one of the hardest teams to pick. And they, Raiders always give them a fight. I, I, not this year though. There's there's too many contributing factors into this game being a, an absolute blowout. So I'm gonna take San Diego minus the
0: seven and a half. B, what do you think? I'm going, I'm going San Diego as well. You know, um, I I mean I think they can handle that. Like you pointed out, they are a sketchy team and they are hard to you know to pick. But I, I mean I think they can handle this one. I mean this this would this would be one of those losses that would be kind of inexcusable just because of the way both teams are playing and they're going in opposite directions. I think this one is a fairly safe one, I hope.
1: All right. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I'm surprised that it's not a double-digit spread. I definitely would take the Chargers in this game. The Raiders just look like a mess. I'm sorry, Josh, but it's, <laughs> it is what it yeah. is. Yeah,
2: it is what it is, that's for sure. And and maybe Chuck can enlighten us here. I think if this game was in San Diego, you're probably looking at 10, points, right?
3: Oh, absolutely! Probably uh, a little more because the Raiders get a little for their home field advantage, and uh, take that away, probably about a five-point difference in San Diego. But I like the Raiders this week. I always love to oh. take a team right after they uh, right after they change coaches, and also it's a it's an AFC West battle. These teams don't like each other, which is the same with any any game you could say in the AFC West. The teams don't like each other. And we'll look for uh, Tony Sperano to find a way to keep this one close. I'm going to take the Raiders plus a 7.5. Oh,
2: I admire your guts. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, want, I <laughs> Yeah, want well, on God this one you kind of, of hold me. your
3: Well, You know, I was going to say on this one you, you kind of hold your breath, but a home team getting 7.5 points uh, in kind of a rivalry game in which they uh, looked so bad their last game that they want to come out and prove something, and it kind of reminds me of Tampa Bay when they went up to Pittsburgh and beat them, and that was on the road. The Raiders are at home in the black hole. Go black
2: and silver. Uh, I'm not a Raiders fan either. Maybe a win one for the Gipper situation there. I guess we'll see. Um, Um, Before we go any forward, I had a thought in my head. Uh, There's been a lot of weeks this year where – a team has either scored 40 points the week before and given up 40 the next week, or vice versa. Can, can V, can you think of a one team that that could do that this this week
4: that could maybe sure. roll
2: up? Uh, either a team that scored 40. I guess only only the past scored 40. but There's been a lot of teams that have scored 40 points one week and then given up 40 the next week, or vice versa. Can you think of any team that's gonna score 40 points this week?
0: Um Let me take a look here If I had to say A team that would score 40 points Um No I don't think anybody Honestly I don't think anybody will I think all the matches are pretty good But I think if there was a chance Um I actually would say it'd be Indianapolis, Green Bay Um would be the two That I think probably would have the best chance Of scoring um uh, in that range, but I don't think anybody will.
2: Okay. Well, I think possibly both Chicago and Atlanta could score 40 points, but I'm not going to. I'm not certainly not going to bet the over and if it's 80 points in that game. Uh, Nick, what do you think? In the Chicago Atlanta game,
1: uh, or, or are oh, we just still talking 80, about teams that could?
2: Any team uh, well, you
1: know, a team that gave up over 40 last week, I believe Arizona did to Denver, and this week they get to play the Redskins in Arizona. I think Arizona, if if Carson Palmer comes back, could have a chance to put up 40. Okay. Chuck? Got any 40 points <laughs> for us?
2: Two, point, two teams
3: scored 40 points last week, right? The uh, Patriots and... Yep. Oh, and, and Colts. Denver. Denver. Oh, Denver, oh, Denver, that's right. Yeah. Wow, you think the Jets could score forty against the Broncos? <laughs> 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 uh, no, I, I have. Uh, I was looking down my schedule real quick here on that one, Josh, and I do not see anything. I mean, uh, no. Uh,
2: I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw a Philly out there. What, what, what about that? We haven't got to that game yet, but I could see a little bit of a. Bloodbath, a little 41-38 kind of score in that game. So, I'm going to feel silly in there. Uh, oh, where were we? Dallas at sad Seattle. Number is eight and a half points. I Why do I pick against Seattle when they're at home? But I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Dallas plus eight and a half. <laughs> I think this is a four-point game. This is like 24-20 type of game. Uh, Nick, what do you think?
1: You know, eight and a half points is a lot, but it's Seattle in Seattle. I I can't pick against them. Dallas, yeah, they they look good, but you just kind of feel like Tony Romo's possibly due for one of those three turnover type of games, and who better to do it against than the Legion of Boom up there in San Diego or up there in Seattle?
2: Yeah, last year the Saints were absolutely rolling, and I bet money on them at Seattle because they were a touch. They got a they were getting a touchdown. And I think we all remember that game, and it was not very competitive. That was the game where even Michael Bennett scored a touchdown for Seattle. So, uh Chuck. Yeah, you you.
3: Well, you especially remember that game, Josh, when you have Drew Brees as your fantasy quarterback. That was not a, <laughs> not a good week for me. <laughs> of course, Brees hasn't been doing much at all. But not not scoring like uh, normal at all this year, has he?
2: No, no, he's not. Anyway,
3: um, I really like. To take the underdog in a game that's supposed to be low-scoring, especially if they're getting over a over a uh, touchdown, the over-under on this game is 47. That means that they don't think a lot of points are going to be scored here. So in a low-scoring game, to get 8.5 points is kind of a gift. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Cowboys
2: in this one. Yeah, I, actually, if you had me guess the over/under, I would probably say it was going to be lower than that. I, I'd probably say like forty-one, forty-two. Uh, v, what do you think?
0: This is a situation where you know, if it was Dallas, you know, I would take Dallas easy. Um, but man, just just at in Seattle, I, I just they just play so lights nice. out. I, I just can't go. I just can't go against them. It just doesn't make sense. Russell Wilson is playing fantastic. And those guys uh, on, on the defensive piece, I just got to think that they're going to be able to pull. Because if you if you, if you have the same situation where I, I wish Tony Romo would try to throw a Sherman on any type of regular basis. So if you give him half of a field with that pass rush and that linebacker play, I just do not feel. I think DeMarco Murray would do okay, but I just don't trust Tony Romo on that one. So I got to go with Seattle.
2: Okay. Well, you know, Seattle did play Monday night on the road. But yeah, they'll probably be amped up to be home. I just they—they're a team that if if they can open it up, they're they're going to do so, especially in in a big game like that. Okay, a couple more games left here. Geez, four more games left. Arizona at excuse me, Washington at Arizona. Arizona minus three and a half. I am taking the Cardinals. Nick, what do you got for us?
1: Yeah, I'm also taking Arizona, especially if Carson Palmer's back. Uh, you know, I picked Arizona last week over Denver thinking that Carson Palmer was going to be back, and, of course, right after our show, they announced that he had practice and all that. Uh, you know, as long as Palmer's playing, i got to go with Arizona. If, if Logan Thomas is starting for him, then it's probably a different story, but I do think Palmer will be back. Okay, Chuck, what do you think?
3: Oh, this is uh, one of those games where I picked one team and then I picked the other last night as I was looking at these. Um, it is real hard to take Arizona to try. What, what, what spread are you working on again, Josh?
2: I got three and a half
3: is what I got in front of me. Cardinals by, th- Cardinals by three and a half? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've got the Cardinals by six. Wow. Uh, at three and a half, I'll definitely take the Cardinals. Um, okay. I just don't have any belief in the Redskins, and I think the Cardinals at home. I love what Bruce Arians is doing with the team. He just seems to have them on an even keel, no matter who quarterbacks. So, I'll take the Cardinals.
0: Okay,
2: and V, what do you think?
0: I'm, I'm not going to go with the Redskins on this one. I, I just think, well, first of all, I you know I don't like you know uneven quarterback play, when I'm not sure what I'm going to get, even with Carson Palmer. I think him perfectly healthy is he's still one of the most overrated quarterbacks on the planet Earth in the history of the world. Um, but um, if he plays, obviously they got a better chance. But I, I think Washington coming off of that, uh, coming off of the last game, being so close, I think, you know, there shouldn't be a thing as more victories, but I think it was. I think they know that they left some opportunities on the field. They actually had a chance to really um, uh, potentially win that game. So I think they're going to come into this confidence to feeling, feeling fairly good. So I'm going to go with the Redskins.
2: Yeah, that Redskins front seven was certainly making Russell Wilson run for his life. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's magnified because he made a couple of big plays, but let's give the audience well, a little bit of credit who, there. Well, in
0: Arizona, especially if you get Carson Palmer back, what yeah. quarterback is, is making those type of plays that Russell Wilson was making against that defense? They had him running for his life against a pretty yeah. good offensive line. And, and Carson Palmer, I wish he would come back and try to make those type of plays uh he he'll be out um within the first quarter. So that's why I you know I think this would be a, be a different thing. Hey
3: Josh, so I have to add something yeah. here. Sure, go ahead. Uh in the in the uh Las Vegas newspaper this morning, the line was off, so clearly they don't know if Carson Palmer is going to play or not. The six points probably reflects if Carson Palmer plays, and your three-and-a-half probably reflects if uh, if he doesn't. So, uh, if we're just going by the three-and-a-half, I guess we'll have to just use that for this week.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take it. Yeah, I- I stick- yeah, it's a weird one. I- not one I would certainly play. Um, another weird one is You'd like to think Atlanta can get back on track at home. They're minus three and a half versus the Chicago Bears. We talked about Chicago earlier and how they can't seem to hold a lead. Another weird one. Uh, Nick, what do you got for us? Atlanta, minus three and a half is the number.
1: You know, I don't like it, but I'm going to have to go with Atlanta, and I think if the game was in Chicago, I'd probably go the other way on that. But I just think that with a game this close, I think you just have to go with the home team.
2: Okay, I, I'm going to take Chicago. I think, I think something something's got to give, and they're going to they're going to have to take a step somewhere. And this is going to be yeah, Atlanta's a tough out at home, but I'm going to go with Chicago. B, what do you think?
0: I'm going with Chicago. I mean, you know, any game like this is, is a make or break game. You know, people got to get fired. You know, and so anytime people got to get fired, you know, that's probably where you're going to get the best make of that team if you if you care about your coach whatsoever you have better put it on because um, this is going the wrong way fast. And so I think they got the skills. They, 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 they're they always there. They got to cut down on the turnovers. I think Jay Cutler gets his act together for a week, and then he'll be back to the regular Jay next week. But I think this week uh, he gets his act together, and they actually win. So I'm going with uh, the shout-out. Okay. <laughs>
4: Chuckler. Chuck,
2: what do you think?
3: <laughs> Let me preface this by saying the Bears are my favorite team. Uh Falcons have that home road thing going, where they they're good at home and bad on the road. But the Bears just got kind of embarrassed by letting uh, Carolina uh, come back on them like that last week. Uh, I look for the Falcons' weakness, or the the Bears' one weakness in their defense is the rush game. The Falcons don't have that good of a rushing game. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Bears find a way to get it done this week plus three and a half.
2: In the dome too, yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I, I'm pretty, pretty confident in that Bears pick. Um, Chuck, when you start us out, another divisional, interdivisional battle here: the Giants at Philadelphia. The number I have in front of me is Philly two and a half points.
3: That's what I have. Started out
2: at three and a half. Uh, it's
3: been bet down to two and a half. Um, the Eagles have won their last two games with defensive touchdowns. The Giants just need to take care of the ball in this game, and they'll be fine. They've uh, they've looked really, really good. They've um, after losing their first two games. I'm going to go with the team that's in form, and I'm going to trust that Tom Coughlin will preach to his guys to take care of the ball and be good in the special teams, don't get those punts blocked, and uh, without those points, the Eagles can't beat the Giants.
2: Okay, what do you think, Nick?
1: You know what, I'm going to take the Eagles at home. We talked a lot about how weak the Philadelphia defense has looked, but like Chuck brought up, they have been scoring a lot of touchdowns off returns and special teams and whatnot. So, uh, And Eli Manning, he can be kind of a state throw. I know he's had a, a good last couple weeks, but uh, I could see him throwing a couple of interceptions and maybe you know, the Eagles being able to take one to the house and win this game by probably like a field goal probably. So at two and a half points i got to go with the Eagles.
2: Eli throws an interception. I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I like I like Philly at home too. These these especially this division. These divisional games are just so out of hand sometimes. Uh, I I think Philly gets it done though. They make enough enough plays on one side of the ball. We'll say to make to make it happen. Okay. B, did you go on that one?
0: No, mm. uh, but I'm going with the Giants, and I don't like it. But um, <laughs> I just, you know, unless you have Devin Hester on your team, like I'm just not comfortable with third phase, you know, dependency. You know, you, to me if if you have a, if you're a team where you're running an offense and defense, and you're not losing or giving up anything, and you're getting field position um, from your third phase from your special teams, that's kind of where you want to be. When you're consistently winning games based on your third phase, whether it be field goals, returns, you know, that type of thing, uh, that just makes me nervous. And we all know that they've been horrendous in the first half of most of these games. It is some point where, the you know, where it's just got to hit a wall. And so um, the Giants, I, I'm sketchy on them as well, but I, I think they can pull it. Uh, and
2: Giants will be lost without Rashad Jennings too. Interesting story there, but I don't think they're going to miss too much, maybe maybe through the air, but Andre Williams will certainly get his touches and hopefully they can control the, the ball. I think that's what the Giants are going to be shooting for there. Um, Chuck, did you go on that one? Sorry, I'm losing my mind here. Yes,
3: I took the Giants.
2: Okay, okay. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, Serious. At St. Louis is the Monday night game. Another division game St. Louis, plus three and a half at home. I'm going to go with the Rams here on this one. I, I, I don't know why, but they just seem to rise to the occasion when they play the 49ers. Uh, Austin Davis has got some good things going right now. I think I think they find a way to, to keep this one close. I, I love the hook. That's why I'm going to go with the Rams. If it was three, I'd probably go San Francisco. But I see this being a field goal, overtime type of situation and a low-scoring game as well. Chuck, what do you think? I agree with you.
3: Uh, the 49ers have not impressed me at all this year, That uh, maybe that first game with Dallas. But since then, kind of in disarray, and I just am not convinced that they have the offense to go in on a Monday night as a favorite and come out ahead. So uh, I like the Rams' character. I like their toughness. I like uh, the fact that it will probably be a low-scoring game. So you take three and a half in a low-scoring game.
0: Okay. V, what do you think? I think you think I would have said San Francisco about two minutes ago, but I'm going to go with St. Louis. And, and you know, when, when you have games like that, um, it, I think it just means more to teams like the Rams than it does um, to the 49ers. And I think when you get that when you get that national spotlight and you have an opportunity to really show what you can do, um, I, 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 I think I think they might shock the world on that one. So I'm actually going to go with St. Louis. Uh, Nick, what do you
2: think?
1: You know, I have to go with the 49ers on this one. Uh, I know the Rams have done some nice things offensively this year, but you look at their schedule, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Philadelphia, none of those teams have defenses that are anywhere near the caliber of the 49ers. So I, I think the 49ers shut them down on the road. Okay. We did
2: it. It seemed like, the, that seemed like there was like two or three too many games in there, but we got it. And there's even a, two teams on a bye week. But we got through it, guys. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we all do good. Um, obviously we all been picked the same teams so we'll see uh report back next week and see how we did um any any closing thoughts there chuck uh my one closing
3: thought was that uh, on that rams game i had to check the rams schedule real quick but uh jeff fisher has made a point of uh being competitive in the nfc west and this is their first game against the nfc west so we'll find out if his uh if his uh, uh philosophy is going to work again this year
2: all right, that, yeah, that's a good point there. So, Chuck, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Oh, and I forgot to warn you—I'm making you earn it here. But the rule on our podcast is this: once you come on for the third time, you get a musical intro. So you have oh, really? you have a week. You have a week to think about what you want me to play, and and I can get just about anything. So, let me know. <laughs> really? Okay. <no. laughs> if it's if it's 1970s. South Dakota polka, I could probably find it. All right, so let me know. (laughs) Uh,
3: Okay, I used to uh, work at a radio station. I was on right before Big Joe's polka show, so uh, I I may hit (laughs) you up on that.
2: All right, cool. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for joining us. Again, Chuck Padaisky, I think I got the name right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Uh, nice to meet you, V, by the way. Yes,
0: sir. You Uh, you can read
2: Chuck's uh, Hot 5 picks. Uh, on SportsSpartan.com, and he's also got a link into our show in there, too, Chuck, so we appreciate that helping us out there. Right.
3: It's usually up on Saturday afternoon after I uh, get a chance to look at everything seriously. Okay?
2: All right, cool. Thanks, you guys. V, yeah, take care, Chuck. V, any closing
0: thoughts? Uh, Go Bills. So I'm going to go with Bills. and uh, it's time for the uh, Wicked. Get- which of the East, being Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, to uh to go down? Somebody needs to drop a house on him. and I think the Bills are going to do it. <laughs> all
2: right. Well, I hope that involves Fred Jackson scoring like three or four touchdowns. So that's,
0: that's better. That's it. all I'm
2: going to say. Nick, Nick any wow. closing thoughts there?
1: Uh, is Robert Griffin healthy yet?
2: <laughs> I think he's going to start <laughs> running. I think he's going to start <laughs> running. I saw that. So he's getting. He's coming. He's coming back. He's coming close. All right. <laughs> I found the in- I found the intro that I was looking for for V, so I'm going to play that as we get out of here.
0: All right, that's good.
2: That was not it either. I obviously didn't load it up. But anyway, this has been the Roto-Rob Fantasy Football Weekly Podcast. I am Josh McGinnis. He is Nick Wagner. We will see you next week. Hope you have a good weekend, and good luck with those ATS picks. Thanks for listening to the Roto-Rob Fantasy Football Weekly Podcast with Nick. Hail to the Redskins, Wagner and my dad Joshua Johnson. This is so much more
4: than a fantasy show.